0: Tour Junkies. Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Open Championship 2019 from Royal Portrush. Before I get into what's going to kick this podcast off with our very special guests, and I mean guests, more than one, we've got some great stuff. Before I tell you the details on that, I got to tell you a story about Ben Hogan Golf. So myself and Pat were friends with Travis Fulton, who worked with Ben Hogan Golf, We hit a couple of his clubs a couple weeks ago. We got really excited about him and what he told us about him. We reached out to Ben Hogan Golf, and wouldn't you know it, they are willing to put their money where their mouth is and get the mission out to the Tour Junkies listeners. If you don't know, Ben Hogan Golf is back, and they are a a factory-direct business model without retail markup, minimal cost and overhead, based here in, in Texas in the U.S., making the wonderful Ben Hogan irons, putters, wedges, drivers, and fairway woods that we used to know and love from Mr. Ben Hogan at 25% of the cost, if not more, a fraction of the cost because there is no retail markup, and they're giving our listeners a promo code, promo code TOURJUNKIES, that's it. It's easy. Promo code Junkies. Go to BenHoganGolf.com. Check it out. Myself and Pat are getting the driver and fairway woods in our hands as soon as we can. It's just as good as what you get anywhere else, but you get it without the retail markup. This episode brought to you by Ben Hogan Golf, and we're excited to bring them to our Tour Junkies listeners if you're in the market for some new sticks. Now, we're going to get this started a little different for the Open Championship. We've got four guests that are going to give you their picks, their takes in quick hitting fashion here to start it off. And then myself and Pat are going to bring all the fun in an incredible chunk and run segment tonight that you do not want to miss. Trust me. So thanks for downloading and enjoy the podcast for the Open Championship.
1: Hey, Tour Junkies, Club Pro Guy here coming to you live from the Club Pro Guy Learning Center in Kansas City. I've been studying the field for this year's Open Championship, and a lot of players are jumping off the page at me. But I'm going to narrow it down to three for you guys. I consider all three of these picks locks. Experience matters at the Open Championship. That's why I love Paul Laurie. He's English, so he's playing a home game. He averages 280-plus off the tee, has a steady putter, and he's been there, done that. Next up, whatever you do, don't sleep on Rory. He's had a great year so far, he's an unbelievable ball striker and he doesn't back down to anybody. There's nothing more the tour, as well as the crowd wants more than to get Sabatini, his long overdue major. Keep an eye on him starting strong on Thursday, and let's see if he can hold on through the weekend. And finally, whoever ends up with the claret jug on Sunday is gonna be someone who possesses the intangibles. Listen, every player in the field is talented, but who's the guy willing to do that little something extra to separate himself and become champion golfer of the year? In my mind, that guy is clearly Sung Kang. He's... The one guy in the field who realizes that sometimes talent's not quite enough. He's proven before he's willing to take a drop 140 yards ahead of where his ball entered a hazard late on a Sunday while in contention. And that's the type of bold play that's going to get him his first major victory this Sunday.
2: Uh, Great guest here on the line. Definitely the most uh, attractive of the guests that we'll have here on the Tour Junkies podcast this week for the Open Championship, Miss Diane Knox, uh, AKA Noxy oh. Diane on Twitter, uh, and, and Diane Noxy on Instagram, right?
3: Yeah, I know, how confusing is that? I think I tried to get, I tried to change my Twitter name to Diane Noxy, but it wouldn't change for some reason. So I was gonna say something really big time. That I think if you change your name, you lose your verified status, and I don't want to risk oh. that. So.
2: Jeez, just throwing I'm the sorry. blue check mark in our face right off the bat.
3: Thank you very much for that nice introduction. That was a very kind thing to say. You guys have well, said some very nice things about me over the past few weeks on your podcast.
0: Well, we love you and you know, we think uh we think your your new
2: your new beau uh Aaron Fleener is quite the <laughs> uh quite the funny guy. We enjoyed breaking that news. Yeah. Hope that was okay for for you guys.
3: Yeah, I mean he actually said it, but I didn't know what happened until afterwards.
1: And uh, I was
3: like, yeah, well, I guess I have to be okay with this now, don't I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
2: for those that don't know, um Diane, you are you are the host of uh, Secret Golfs podcast and you do some you do some
0: stuff on on video for the PGA Tour as well. I know there's probably some other things that I don't know that you do.
2: Um, But you're a big golf time addict, just like we are. And you're obviously not from the South, at least the South of the United States. You're from Scotland. (laughs) And you're Russell Knox's sister, right? Is that all, that all correct?
3: can I say thank you for giving me all the other titles before Russell Knox's sister, because that's usually people's opener. They're like, this is Diane. She's Russell's sister. I'm like, he's Uh, actually my younger brother.
2: I think you're more famous than he is anyway at this point.
3: Oh, thanks. I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with that, even though it's probably not true. But we used to joke about that when we were younger, which one of us was going to be more famous. But I'll quite happily let him have the title. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, and if he goes on to win the Open this week, I'll uh, let him have that.
2: <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Yeah, um. So tell us about what else you do. Like, I'm going to let you plug yourself here real quick before we get some, some picks. Where can the listeners track down what Diane Knox is up
3: to? Oh, thank you. Well, yes, I work for Secret Golf, which is Steve Elkington's digital golf media company. So I do all of their content hosting the podcast. As you said, it's called Secret Golf with Elkin Noxie. It's on iTunes and all other podcast apps. And I host um, social videos that we do. I deal with the players. We have, in total, across all three tours, we have 31 tour players that are signed with us. And we deliver a lot of their kind of instructional content and their social content. So I kind of work with the players on that. This week we have six who are playing in the open and I've been talking to them. They're sending us strategy videos from their practice rounds of the course and that kind of stuff. So I host all that social and kind of produce it and put it together and then yes this weekend i'm hosting the highlights for the pga tour so i'll be doing that through all of their social as well it's a busy week this week but i'm usually at the open so it's very weird for me to not be in the uk this week so i think i have to keep myself busy so i'm not homesick
2: Uh, i would imagine that would be tough i was shocked to hear
3: you're in jacksonville um well i mean it's lovely though
2: yeah. So if people want to hear more of this lovely Scottish accent, you can uh, check out the podcast, Secret
0: Golf, um, where Diane's really the star of the show. Elkington's kind of, you know, uh-huh. he, he is, we don't, we don't, we won't talk about Elkington here. Um,
3: he tells very
2: good so, stories. <laughs> yeah, he does. So uh, you've, you've got, you said you've got some secret golf guys on the golf course sending you some intel. You're obviously from yeah. the UK. Your brother's playing. What do you have any intel on? royal port rush what are you anticipating to see what do you think going to be important this week
3: i've actually i've spoken to a few people that have played the course over the past couple of months the R&A do like a media day in march was it may i think it was in may actually um it's a little bit different because obviously when people are playing for the media day they have to play off what plastic mats around the course but yeah, yeah. they see the course set up and they get a real a real feel for it but it looks great i mean this is the first time that the open scene held in northern ireland since 51 when it was at royal port rush and i think that someone said to me this is going to have a real rider cup feel to it and i couldn't agree more i think that the course is going to be super challenging it looks great it's very much built in the dunes that you would expect in links golf first of all but especially in that part of northern ireland so i think it's going to be quite hilly i think there's going to be um tight fairways when that weather picks up the forecast is not looking great anyway so that, that just goes hand in hand with links golf, I guess but yeah. I think it's going to be great I'm really excited to see this
2: so you're going to have to be pretty accurate off the tee
0: you think um and then uh in terms of these greens like have you heard anybody talking about you know I mean obviously we know they can't get them rolling super fast it's right there by the yeah. you know by the water it could get windy but uh, in terms of the undulation or how you're going to attack these greens have you heard anything
3: so and I'm not trying to like be a massive name dropper here but Mark Lucian sent me a video earlier and he was playing the 18th and that's what he had said that you know he I think had hit his ball off to the right and it was really you could see like the slope so he said there's going to be an awful lot of bump and runs and uh, I think the greens look as though they are kind of like up on little mounds a lot of them and that undulation is going to be tricky if you miss the green it looks like it's just going to kind of roll straight down on a lot of the holes so yeah i mean that little ball flight you're going to need for so many shots around royal port rush and kind of like shaping those shots but i think the you know those little short chips and the bump and runs up around the greens if you miss the green that's going to be a really valuable tool love it
2: little insight from leash all right, yeah. so I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's talk uh let's talk sleeper pick. Uh Diane, I mean, you have your pulse on who people are looking at. Who do you think is a sleeper option maybe that you know, that not mm. necessarily to win, but but may but may give you a top 10, top 15 maybe?
3: Um I think it's always hard to pick a really like random sleeper for a major because you know that the quality of field is going to be so good but somebody that i would say is tommy fleetwood and i know like he's not really much of a sleeper because he's definitely tried and tested and he showed his worth but i think carnusty last year he was right up there made a supercharge on the saturday and if you just look at tommy fleetwood's golf in general he's so talented. I spoke to Russell, he played with him not long ago at the Travelers for the first two days. And Russell said, he's the most talented golfer I've ever played alongside. And I think when it comes to Lynx golf, he's going to be very comfortable back in the UK. Yeah, I know he's English, obviously, it's in Northern Ireland, but that kind of golf, he grew up playing. I think he's going to feel really great being on that course. And I don't know, I've I always pick Fleetwood, I think a major, he's going to win a major at some point, so why not make it this one?
2: Yeah, speaking of that, I mean, what do you think about Russell's game right now? I mean, obviously you're your sister, so you got to be, you got to be optimistic, right?
3: Yeah, well, he's not my sleeper pick, he's like my number one pick to win. (laughs) (laughs) People people laugh at me because they're like, oh, you're picking your brother, how can I not? Like, how often do you have a sibling playing in a major? Of course I have to (laughs) pick him, (laughs) my favorite So.
0: So Russell's your pick to win, huh? You're gonna do that. You're gonna. Yes. You're gonna... I am. Okay. Yeah. I,
3: well, I, I, have to. I get you it. Try. I mean, I,
0: I
2: think I would see him as a sleeper, just because I mean he is he is a, yeah. he is a good player. He hasn't playing good lately. I think he played. Did he play the Irish uh, two weeks ago? I think. He did. Um, yes. Played
0: played pretty good there at Lahinch. So uh, he comes in in decent form. Obviously, he's got the links experience. Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. if you're looking at odds, he's definitely not considered a favorite. Whereas Fleetwood would almost be considered one of the favorites. He's not because it's yeah. a stack field. But so we we'll
2: allow it since you since you've okay. kind of flip flopped those. We'll allow now finally I, I wanna say, know
3: you can flip flop them.
2: <laughs> finally I wanna know, maybe a a big name that you expect to struggle. May not mean that they missed the cut, but just a big name that you think may disappoint uh a few this week.
3: I I mean again, I feel like I'm seeing a bit of a boring meme here. But I think Tiger I really? think that, well, there's been a lot of fuss made about the fact that he hasn't played any tournament golf since yeah. the US Open. And then went over to, he's been what, at Royal Portrush for the past couple of days and he was out practicing. But I've th- seen some footage of him on the course and something's not right with Tiger right now. And I'm sure we can say that with him when it comes to many different tournaments. And But I don't know, I think that he just looks like he's being a little bit overcautious right now fine he's practicing the tournament hasn't started yet but even at the u.s open i just felt that he was i don't know walking a little bit gingerly being a little bit careful and i know he went on and like did all right at the u.s open obviously but i don't know i just think tiger's not gonna i don't think it's gonna be a good week for woods tiger's biggest thing is if he can get through friday then once it comes to the saturday then he can make that move but I yeah. think i saw at carnivore last year as well that he was he pretty much just made the cut on the friday and then saturday played great but yeah for him it's going to be i think if he can play well thursday friday and make the cut then he's definitely you know one of the guys that's going to be up there and he's a force to be reckoned with himself but i don't know i'm just not i'm not fancying it for woods
0: I, I agree with that take, um, Diane. I think that's good stuff. Uh, listen, we appreciate you putting up with the Tour Junkies on Twitter, on Instagram, um, all the
2: times we bother you. Thanks for, thanks for hopping no, on. I love
3: it. Please um, keep it coming. I love it. You guys are some of my favorite people to follow on all social media.
2: <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, we appreciate that. Everybody needs to check out Diane. Follow her and uh, go go listen to the Secret Golf Podcast and watch her doing the, the PGA Tour media stuff this week. That'll be a good time. Thanks for yeah, coming on.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, golf addicts. Our 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 guest here on the line is a friend of the podcast, he's been on a couple of times, and he's everyone's favorite golf instructor. He's gonna get your he's gonna get you right with your game. And he's just exploded, really, ever since he came on the Tour Junkies podcast a couple of years ago. You know, he's just really, his career's really taken off,
2: and uh, we're happy to know him. It's Travis Fulton of Travis Fulton Golf. Travis, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, and I uh, can't thank you enough for that start in my career uh, from the podcast. Oh. That I really, really
0: appreciate it. Of course. Well, let's, uh, how can everyone follow what's going on with Travis? Take this opportunity real quick to plug yourself and anything else that you'd like to plug real quick. Before we get into your thoughts on the open
2: well you know go to uh at travis fulton golf on uh, instagram that's uh that's the home now for me and uh all things uh golf uh instruction and entertainment we're having uh, some fun including uh an intervention that we did a couple months ago with uh, yours truly david from the tour junkies and uh pat has he actually Done it, or are we still in the same uh, situation where we pull down on the handle, and get the lightning wrong, the lightning rod, to no. keep and transition?
4: I think we're we're very much still in the same mode. As a matter of fact, he's he's now embraced it so much that he's created a t-shirt with with his likeness of all of that, <laughs> that. Right, that that you can that you can find on our website if you want to buy that t-shirt. But uh, yeah, so it's it's just it's full on. It's still there. We we need you bad. Travis. We need you.
2: Well, I can't, I can't get any
0: consistent help. You know what I mean? I mean, like it's not like, you know, you can't make a swing change just with a quick intervention video and like a one and done. It was like a one night stand with you, Travis. You gave me some attention and then all of a sudden you disappear. You're helping celebrities and, uh, you know, pro athletes from other sports. And, uh, you know, I, I understand that now I'm small potatoes and sometimes people just forget, you know, who got them there on the way up, I guess. And so, uh, I'm just going to embrace the the lightning rod pull down from the top, which then leads to my humping of the golf ball and early extension.
2: It's tough. It, it, it's tough to break, but I'm glad you're embracing it. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. So uh, at Travis Fulton Golf on Instagram, it is a really good follow, actually. It's it's not. It's what I like about it is it's not just instruction. It's it's actually humor because Travis is he's a funny guy. So it is actually good stuff. I enjoy it. Um, so let's, let's do that. Everybody on Instagram, check that out. All right, Travis, uh, we need your pick to win the open, your pick to kind of a big name that you think is going to suck and maybe a sleeper pick for us. And I'll let you decide what order you want to throw those out there.
2: Well, I'll start with a sleeper, probably, you know, worldwide sleeper would be Matt Wallace. He's probably not a real sleeper in Europe. But this is a guy that um, his name continues to pop up. He doesn't play in the United States a lot. Um, But his name lives on the first page of the leaderboard on the European tour. It's been a good run for him. It seems like things have really matured for him this year. Um, You may recall he tied for third at at the PGA Championship. He tied for 12th at the U.S. Open. Um, you know, so it's been a nice run for him in major championships. He's clearly getting more comfortable. So, you know, in Northern Ireland, uh, he's comfortable in Europe. I'll give that as a sleeper pick to probably uh, a lot of your U.S. Uh, listeners, um, from that standpoint. I, you know me, I love Rory too much. Uh, he's a, a guy that, uh, can obviously go to the next year. I just have a hard time coming off of him this week, obviously uh, going back to some of his roots there um, in in Northern Ireland. And, you know, I just, uh, the game is there. It just feels like it's ready to kind of explode here for Rory. You know, you listen to him talk. I heard him yesterday again, talk about how his game's in a great spot and he's just kind of waiting for it to all come together, get on that run a little bit, make some of those Ten, twelve footers. Get a bounce or two that goes your way. I like Rory. He's got another major in him. Why not this week? And a big name to to stay away from. I'll give you Ricky Fowler. Um, I think mm. you know for uh, you know for us, Ricky. We know he's a good wind player, um, but he's a, he's had a bad summer you know, I mean obviously he played well early in the year, went in the wastelands but he's had a he's had a tough summer. Um, you know, he didn't play good in Detroit, uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, he just kinda kind of a sloppy last couple months. Where's his game at? I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage you to stay away from uh, from Ricky Fowler.
0: Love it. Matt Wallace is a sleeper. Uh, definitely a high caliber game for Matt Wallace. Rory to yeah. win and Ricky Fowler to avoid. I like that. Both calls. calls with Fowler and Wallace. I think it's the good stuff. Uh, that's good yeah. with me, man. I think I think
2: that's great. You know, just to kind of give you a here, – here's Ricky here. I've, I've pulled up. Yeah, Rocket Mortgage. he was T-46, T-43 at the U.S. Open. He missed the cut of the Charles uh, Schwab Challenge, T-36 at the PGA. Now, he had early in the year a little more Ricky form later here now into the summer i don't know he seems a little off to me i like it i like it bold calls from travis
0: fulton golf you need to check him out at travis fulton golf on instagram uh follow along he's the best thank you for your time sir hope you enjoy your open championship week
2: thanks guys appreciate it going to practice the lightning rod now. All right, Golf Addicts, we've got
4: another good interview for the Open Championship. A guy who is over there right now just came off the course. Yes, Mr. John Tillery, Kiz's coach, among others, at JTilleryGolf on Twitter and Instagram. JT, how you doing, buddy?
5: I'm doing good, man. How are you?
4: I'm good. We appreciate you coming on. So I got to ask first. uh, I I know you walked the course today. It's a new course um, for the R N A for the rotation. So give me uh, just kind of your initial thoughts on the the course and and what it's
5: playing like. Man, it's such it's a gr- unbelievable golf course. It's a great track. Uh, you know, I guess they had a lot of trouble kind of getting it here, logistics and whatnot. But um, I'm glad they I'm glad they got it done. It's one of the best links courses I've ever been around. I just walked it today, but so first look at it, but. Uh, it's the real deal, man. It's a it's an unbelievable venue.
4: As far as uh, like off the tee and what you see there, I mean, do you think accuracy or certainly come into play, or do you think you know the bombers might yeah. have
5: some
2: more of an opportunity? What do you think there?
5: No, for sure. I think that uh, I think the dryness is going to be a huge deal. Kind of when you're talking about picks or who you would expect to play good, because you're just not going to be able to fake it. I mean, it's it's not every every bit of the rough or the heather or whatever, it's not all just totally chip out, but it more or less is and um you get out of position it's gonna be really hard and you don't really have to blow it way off line. You can miss your lines just a little bit and everything's running and you know the pot bunkers are in you know strategically are in such a good place that uh you gotta have to be really gonna have to be in control of your T ball to have any success around here. So I think that's gonna be a right. huge uh stat
4: yeah what you know around the greens from what i'm seeing you know definitely a lot of slope on these greens i don't think though it doesn't yeah. look like they're going to get in too quick because I, I don't think they can with the amount of slope but uh, it looks like you know scrambling is going to be key and, and things like that what what are you seeing just on the greens and, and around the greens if, if you do this
5: yeah greens you got some huge greens and and they're slow you yeah, know they got to keep them slow obviously they're always that way a little bit over here just for the wind and um, they all they obviously have some slope, and then if it gets blowing real hard, they can't be rolling 11 or whatever. So uh, greens are slow, but they're huge, and there's a bunch of slopes. And um, one thing that's kind of unique is they hadn't. I guess I walked 14 holes a day, so I hadn't seen four of the holes. Uh, we kind of skipped around, but um, there's not a lot of big nasty pot bunkers. So not a lot of the big huge lips. So the bunkers themselves are a little bit more playable um but but other than that, it's pretty much kind of classic open stuff you know you can every time you have a chip, you got a bunch of different ways you can play it. You don't have to throw it up in the air very often um like I said, there's only a couple kind of pop bunkers here and there, so it's kind of rare that you're super short sighted um that you couldn't bump it into a hill even if you were uh to an elevated pitch shot uh and you can putt it from a lot of places, so a lot of imagination around the greens. Uh, these guys are so good. I think that they'll they'll all scramble it pretty well around here. But again, like I said, it's just uh, getting that ball getting the ball in play is going to be huge. So we're asking
4: uh, all our we've got we got a few guests coming on the show tonight, and we're asking them all three quick questions on players. I'm going to put you on the spot. So give me a guy that is your pick to win. Give me perhaps a sleeper and then maybe a, a popular, you know, top player in the world that might disappoint a little bit this, this week.
2: Hmm
5: man. Uh pick to win. I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased. I think my guy's gonna have a good chance. He's playing good, and like I said, you're gonna have to control the T ball and he's driving it so good that I'd be shocked if he's not around. Um and then let's see, you know Ricky Elliot Brooks's caddy is from here. Uh, as if he needed any more help. <laughs> so I would expect him probably to be around too. And then
2: so, the man, so Brooks big name, and kids are, are Brooks and
4: Kiz are one A and one B as as your your favorite. So give me a give me a sleeper. Give me a sleeper and then maybe a big name that might might not play well.
5: Good gracious. I don't know. Um, maybe, I guess you could maybe call a sleeper, hometown boy, Graham McDowell. I know he's got a lot of pressure on him, but he knows his place this is his home course, so he knows it inside out. We caught him for the last hole today, and um, you could just tell that he's right at home, knows every nook and cranny, so maybe he could be a sleeper. And then, disappointment, I don't really have one off the top of my head, but, I, you know, I, I'd almost want to go up that top ten player in the world list and find out who's the wildest driver and, put, and fade them pretty hard. Okay, I like that.
4: Well, we can let the listeners then do, do a little homework on that.
5: Yeah, let and, them do uh, a little homework. Not gonna be able to fake it when it gets a blow and it's raining and you're hitting that driver all over the place. Uh, it's not gonna be just a simple hack out and have a 50% chance to make pars. Like some of the majors we have at our place uh, right. in the States. So, I think if you can find somebody that's a uh, top 10 guy that you can find him over the last four or five tournaments that having a, having a difficult time with his driver, might be a good one to fade.
0: What's going on, everybody? We are live, it is the Open Championship. If you are not watching us on YouTube, you have just listened to four fantastic interviews that we had, Uh, one with Mr. Travis Fulton of Travis Fulton Golf, one with Diane Knox of Secret Golf, also Russell Knox's sister, she was the one with a great accent, and then of course our friend Club Pro Guy, who was hilarious, and uh, John Tillery, our boy JT, coach to Kevin Kisner, Scott Brown, Bryce Garnett, Michael Kim. All those guys, Uh, so if you want to listen to that, you need to make sure you listen to the audio version of the podcast, but now we are recording, we are live on YouTube, I am excited for the Open Championship, it's the final major of the year, Pat, Um, I know that things are not normal for you tonight, Um, and, and we know how OCD you are, and we know how much you love normal. So, why you know? First of all, why don't you update the listeners on what's going on with you and why they they may not get Planet Tito's pat tonight?
4: Well, you know, so uh, I'm not really sure exactly what happened, uh, but long story short, uh, I have a herniated disc in the lumbar portion, apparently, of the which is the lower back area, lower spine area, and it hurts. Very bad, but uh, I'm on the mend. I was pretty much uh, just basically disabled yesterday, uh, but today I'm feeling a little better. I'm standing up, which is um, so we talked. You talked about things that aren't normal for me right now. Yeah, I'm standing up. I, I usually don't stand up while I do the show, but it feels better for some reason. I'm kind of leaning against the uh, the wall here, so it feels good. I'm not drinking because I've got a few drugs, got a few things to uh, help with the, with the back. Good. So I just got my just got a little trusty lemonade right here, and uh, there's nothing in it, I promise. And, mm-hmm. well, that's so that's what I'm gonna do.
0: That is just fantastic, Pat. I'm really excited to hear that. Um, you know, I, I care about you, buddy. I'm toughing it
4: out for I'm toughing it out for you, for everyone though, because this is a big week. This is a,
0: this is week. a huge week. Yeah, we got pill popping, Pat, tonight. I'm really excited about the opportunities that uh, that that are are heading our way uh, this evening. Yeah. So we're not going to spend a lot of time doing a bunch of other fluff, okay? Uh, we're going to get right into this. We're going to talk about Port Portrush. Um, you just heard from John Tillery, who has seen the golf course, uh, and really thanks to John Tillery, I know he was having a really hard time calling in. Uh, really tough <laughs> for us Georgia boys to figure out how rough. to use the phone overseas. It was, uh, I know it was challenging for old JT. So uh, thankful that he could that he could make that happen. Um, but. We just heard John Tillery talk a lot about the golf course. Pat has been at home, uh, laid up, debilitated. So we, you know, he's had plenty of time to research the golf course. Pat, why don't you tell us what uh, what's going on, man? Let's learn all about Portrush, and then we're gonna get right into some some strategy when it comes to playing DFS or betting at the Open, because it's 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 its own animal, betting and playing DFS for the for the Open Championship. And we're gonna get to our picks. I can't wait. And we've got a phenomenal chunk and run segment. So, Pat, I know you've been waiting for this moment all day, drugged up in your bed, overloaded with research for, for the Open Championship. Deliver what we need to know for Royal Portrush.
4: Well, I can tell you I am certainly overloaded. When you're laying in your bed all day, you can read. There's so much out there about Royal Portrush, it's, it's ridiculous. But So, I don't think everybody is going to have the answer to it. And Until we really see this golf course in action... But there's a lot we can we can look at from from running through the holes from from just reading about this course. So yeah, I mean this is the 148th Open Championship in the town of Portrush, Northern Ireland, at Royal Portrush, the Dunluce Links. So there are two courses here: the Valley Course and the Dunluce. And so we we're gonna we're gonna done get loose over on at Royal Portrush. You like that? You like that, DP? Uh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, Harry Colt designed uh, he, some of the other popular designs that he he's had. are at Hoylake, where he helped out there. Royal Liverpool, Muirfield, they're all part of the Open rotation. And also, actually, Hamilton Golf Club that we saw at RBC Canadian for the first time. He was one of the designers there. How crazy is that? Par seventy-one, playing seven thousand three hundred forty-four yards. This is. Uh, they're going to be three par fives, four par threes here. The thing about this course you're going to see a lot of elevation changes off the tee into the fairways they're going to be hitting down into the fairways they're going to be hitting up into a lot of elevated greens i think that's something to be important i think you've got to be precise especially into these greens you know john tillery mentioned big the the, the greens aren't particularly small but you do got to hit them in the right spots because there's a lot of slope and things like that here i think that's going to make caddies important is more important than ever i think an experienced caddy on this course is really going to be something to look at you know guys who've got veteran guys on tour um you know as far as off the tee you got some out of bounds so they're they're not necessarily narrow fairways but you can't miss them and you're going to be in trouble if you do because there's some out of bounds very close to the second and third cut and then if this if you get it into the third cut you're basically screwed and you're just chopping it out of there. So you've got to be at least somewhat accurate off the tee. You can't just spray it all over the place. Uh, Despite the current current weather that's actually dry this week so far, we are going to get rain later on in the week, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about the weather a decent amount. But it has been wet um, lately, and these fairways, I think, are going to be pretty soft and receptive. They're not going to be running as dry as you might typically see um, fairways at at an Open Championship. There's not as many bunkers out here as you typically see, especially pot bunkers. You won't see a whole lot of that, but there are a lot of bunkers that come into play off a tee. So that is another reason you've gotta be somewhat accurate. As far as the greens are concerned, we got mostly bent grass surfaces this week. It's kinda, of, you got a mix of some fescue and whatever else grass they got in there, but mostly bent, but I don't think I'm gonna really like focus on bent grass putters. Cause these greens aren't gonna be running that quick like you typically see bent grass do. Um, you know, they just can't get them with the, the amount of slope. They're going to be running about 10 and a half on the stint meter. Um, but like I said, a lot of slope, a lot of false fronts into these greens. I think scrambling is going to be extremely important because of that. I think that's going to be key. These, the ball is going to run off these tight you know, areas around the greens. You're going to have a lot of different shots. You're going to have bump and runs. You're going to have flop shots. You might get to putt it. So you're going to have need all the tools in the bag around the greens here, so I think that will be important. And this course, is, as you typically see with your links courses, you're going to have to have imagination. You're going to have to be patient and you're going to have to be disciplined. You can't just, you know, you got to pick your right lines and, and hit them there and be confident. So I think that's going to be key. For stats, for me, I'm not getting too heavy with the stats. I do like scrambling. I mentioned that. I liked I like proximity just from a standpoint of folks that typically can hit it in the right spots off the green. Gonna look at some driving accuracy for sure. You don't want guys that could spray it around. JT mentioned that. We typically see on the on these, you know, most American style courses where you don't, you know, you really can you don't have to be that disciplined off the tee, but I th- do think that's going to be the case this week. And definitely I think double and bogey avoidance. I mean, you got to you got to avoid the the big numbers on courses like this. I think that will be important as well. So, yeah, there you go. By the way, past champs, Francesco Malinari last year, Jordan Spieth in 2017, Henrik Stinson in 2016, Zach Johnson in 15, and then Rory in 2014 are your last five champs. And um, there you go. That's, uh, that's the rundown for you, DB.
0: That's fantastic stuff. I mean, for a guy laid up and with a herniated disc and on a lot of pain medications, uh, mm-hmm. that's a great job. Uh, I know I'm proud of you. A lot of the folks watching on YouTube have chimed in saying thanks that you didn't withdraw tonight. Uh, you, you know, I stuck it out a week ago being being sick, and now you're – I think somebody's just trying to take the tour junkies down. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but g- great job, as always. The Course Breakdown brought to you right now by our friends at Fantasy Draft. Uh, you need to check out Fantasy Draft. I was just checking. The, the big GPP over on FantasyDraft.com, which is the tour card – Um, 919 entries $20,000 in the prize pool uh, only $25 per entry let's fill that up we're gonna be in there let's let's get some entries in there that's a really good GPP um, and uh, a good opportunity for you guys who do some research to kind of get an edge on uh, that uh, that platform obviously fantasy draft you only you pick seven golfers and they're only gonna keep the top six they're gonna drop your lowest score which is fantastic and we know that the rake-free um, the rake-free movement is coming, and Fantasy Draft is going to bring it to you. So if you're tired of paying high rake, get ready, because Fantasy Draft's about to change the game. We're going to have more details for you in the coming weeks, um, but basically 100% of your entry fees are going to go to the prize pool and get paid out, which is pretty cool when you think about it. Not any other DFS site is doing that. So shout-out Fantasy Draft for that um Pat yeah I mean in terms of the open let's talk about let's talk about some strategy some thoughts I agree with you on the on the golf course I mean you nailed it there's so many places you can go to learn more about about Royal Port Rush. Harry Colt the designer um I, I thought it was interesting Colt has also designed three other golf courses that are in the open rotation right now uh, Royal Litham and St Anne's which they played in 2012 Mirfield, which they played in 2013 and Royal Liverpool, which they played in 2014. So three years in a row there, from 2012 to 2014, they were playing on a Harry Colt design. Um, I believe
4: I mentioned that in the... Did you mention right that? Down, I t- you, you totally, totally zoned out. Yeah, and you missed Hoy Lake. He had a hand in Hoy Lake. He wasn't, you know, so...
0: I was looking at kind of recent, but okay, great. I'm glad you covered that. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, man. I'm not looking... I didn't really... I did a ton of research over the weekend and today... I'm not really looking at stats. I am looking at um, at experience. I'm looking at form. I'm looking at links experience, link link style form, open championship history, um, and, and just kind of overall player fit. I, I, I'm not going to be quoting a lot of stats. I don't have a lot of stats to give you tonight. I have guys that fit a certain you know player type as it as it pertains to the stats, but. Here's what we know about the Open Championship. It, 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 is a, it is a tournament in and of itself. You cannot bet it, you cannot play DFS, the same way at the Open that you do every other tournament of the year, the same way that you do the Masters, the same way that you do the US Open. It is a different animal. Um, we see older, more experienced players win recently We see guys coming in 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 better form have won. You don't really see a lot of guys that come out out of nowhere that have sucked, jump out and win the Open. Um, We see guys in the top 50 to 70 in the World Golf Ranking play well at the Open Championship. You don't see a lot of the guys longer than that. Uh, Odds come in in the mid-50s or better to win the Open Championship. So the strategy, to me, is a lot to do with lining those things up and. But you gotta approach it differently, Pat. I want to talk to you about the difference in, you know, the picks that we're about to make in terms of DFS versus betting. Um, obviously, a lot more people are betting now. We got the promo code at mybookie.ag if you want to hop over there at mybookie. You can put in promo code Tour get your 50% off deposit bonus. And of course, they take a lot of a lot of great care of our folks, especially good care of our folks over on mybookie.ag. So promo code Tour if you want to do that. But a lot more people are doing that now. And then DFS is a little bit different. So, for me, I'm not gonna bet anyone outright um, that isn't coming in checking those boxes. Um, and, and now, in terms of DFS, I may, I may play a guy who who may not check some of those boxes I mentioned in terms of form, uh, links form, links history, open championship experience, and history. I may play a guy in DFS just. To to gain an ownership edge potentially, um, but are you approaching the DFS picks and the betting more traditional betting picks differently?
4: Yeah, I mean, I am. I think you can. One of the things I think as far as traditional betting picks for me is that it's not like we've seen recently with these tournaments we've had with the John Deere and whatever else, where you can kind of take a few flyers on some guys. I mean, we had Fratelli. Um, you know, for a lot of first-time yeah. winners, that kind of thing. Not a lot of experience in majors. You can't really do that this week for the Open. It's not something I'm looking at. And I do think you can get shorter, too, with your odds on the outrights. Now, I'm not saying the 10-to-1 guys, but if you look at the past champs that I read out, like Malinari, Spieth, Stenson. Those three guys were all coming in, I bet you at least under 50 to 1 as far as where the odds were. It, it, I think Zach Johnson was like 100, and, 100 to 1 maybe when he won, so he was kind of outside of that. But then before that, you had Rory, who I'm sure was one of the favorites. So I, I do think if, if you're going to focus your dollars on the out- outrights, I, I'm more inclined to to not be as long on the odds as I typically might be. Now, I may take some flyers. I mean, you get guys like Ben Curtis who won here, who, who I don't know, he had to have been like 300 to 1.
0: He was but, like two. He was like two hundred to one or two fifty to one. Yeah,
4: but I do think for the most part, experience, good form, uh, you know, those are going to be the type guys that, that I'm going to be looking at when it comes to you know my outrights because you're again you don't you're not play you don't have to play you know six guys like you do in DraftKings or seven in fantasy draft or something like that. So I mean, you're going to have to take some flyers and GPPs in in DraftKings. You know, whether it's a tournament or yeah. not cash, but you know. You're, if you want to you know if you want to have a chance for the big dollar so it's it is a different approach when, when you're looking at gambling versus um, you know who, how you're constructing a team on, on DraftKings.
0: yeah I, d- I definitely think um, that's just something that, that listeners need to listen out for as we go through some of the picks i mean there's guys in here. That I, I know I've made notes on that I want to bet on uh, outright that I think have a legitimate shot of winning. And I know I always talk about loving the long shots, and I do. I love the long shots. But tonight is not going to be, this week is not going to be a week where I throw out a ton of long shots. And if, that, if I do, they're probably long shots with a great open record and pro- probably a good links record, may just not be in great form, um, which I hate to do. But it just is, is what it is. The open just gives us this. The other thing I want to touch on, and you, you touched on it briefly in the course breakdown, at least what I remember, because I did check out on a lot of it, uh, is, is weather. We talk about, I mean, every year, this is now our fourth year doing this. This is our fourth Open Championship preview. And, you know, it seems like in recent history, the weather is always a big time factor. Um, you know, it's, it's off the, the coast of Northern Ireland. And I've never been there, but they tell me, uh, that that it can be quite unpredictable. We've already seen some weather changes. Four seasons
4: in one day. I hear that all Hell, the
0: time. Hey, hot skippity dog. That sounds yes. fun.
4: Mm-hmm. I
0: know you've 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 probably had a you probably had an erection all day thinking about the weather opportunities laying in <laughs> bed with your uh, on your Percocet drugs and whatever else it is. Uh, I just I know that that's going to be a factor, and that's the thing. Like a lot of times, we see a tea time advantage, a wave advantage. Um, do not, if you are playing DFS, do not get committed, get a, 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 soul tie with your lineups that you would create before Wednesday evening. Just don't because right now the weather I think looks fairly mild, but moving on as we get closer to tee off, it's, it's probably going to change and, and there can be a major, Tea time advantage that you need to look for, uh, whether it's wind, rain, whatever. So, um, I would say number one, don't get too committed to those. Uh, if you've not made any bets thus far, I would still hold off on making bets until Wednesday, honestly. Like the guys that I mentioned tonight, I'm, there are some that I've already made that I made starting in like January, but for the most part, I'm still going to wait until closer to, to tea time on Wednesday.
4: And odds won't change yeah. anyway that much anyway from now. They won't change
0: the that much, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it would behoove the listeners to, you know, take down the information, file it in the old brain, and and just be careful as you go to bet because you could totally have a guy just screwed if the if the weather advantage doesn't look right and if you already laid the money down you're done. I mean, there's just no chance. The Open Championship just brings you that. That being said, Pat. What are you seeing of the weather so far? I, I know that we've been uh, we've chatted about a little bit today. Uh, it looks like there's an opportunity for rain a couple of the days, if not all the days, which we know a little storm can pop up. But what are you seeing so far?
4: Yeah, I mean, right now you're definitely seeing forecasted rain almost every single day. Now, when that is, it's it's not that's still something that, you know, to wait on until Wednesday. But I do think it's going to be wet. Um, but I think some of the guys that's what she might. Said. some of the guys might you know there could be a luck of the draw again we'll have to see that on wednesday um the wind right now looks relatively calm for you know this type of course where it is on the ocean and things like that i mean it's not looking much more than like 11 12 miles an hour i think it may probably you may see it pick up we never know but right now what it's looking at is pretty benign for for these type for this type course so um that if that happens i think you're gonna get a lot more scoring and this course will not show its teeth as much as it can but if we do get some wind it'll be a totally different ball game i think it'll you know it depends on what direction it's coming in that kind of thing could be you know these guys are practicing in one wind and then all of a sudden it switches for for the whole rest of the weekend you never know that could be something so um now once lineups lock, you're done. It, it is what it is. You just got to go with the flow. But you got to get as much information as you can Wednesday, Wednesday night, and then just go with it from there. And um, I'm sure we'll be putting out some stuff as well.
0: Hey, that being said, speaking of uh, speaking of kind of once you're done, you're done. On the flip side, when you're betting, uh, obviously you can live bet the yes. uh, you know the event. And I will say this: last year, let me check. I want to say. Um, last year, after Thursday, Francesco Molinari was still at eighty to one, and ended up winning the the Open Championship. So, uh, it is definitely it is definitely something to take note of when you're talking about your traditional betting. You, you know, don't just count on the stuff up front. Uh, you know, before before they hit the first tee shot. So, Pat, I feel good. Do you think there's any other strategy discussion we need to have? I mean, it. I know we're being we're being thorough here, but I want to be careful. You know, it's the open.
4: No, I think that's good. I don't. I didn't get uh, what your um, unless I checked out. I didn't get what your your juice, your podcast juice of choice was tonight. Ooh. Or are you just what? are you trying to be? You know, like me and uh, responsible. Definitely not.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, and as a matter of fact, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I am uh, since we're going to be reckless on the. I don't. I don't. Well, yes, I'm going to be reckless. Um, I'm going to make it up for you. Um, I'm going to let you start the range while I go refill because I've already, I've already, I've already consumed what I've got in me, which is uh, some Tito's, uh, a Lacroix, um, a little bit of peach schnapps for a little bit of sweetness and a, and a nice lime, very fresh, very good, um, very good beverage. I'm going to go refill while you tell me who you like in the. 9K and above range on DraftKings, three GPPs, a cash play, and a fade, and kind of your strategy in attacking the top tier. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic.
4: Yes, I'm excited for this. Um, So I'm going to start with the 9K guys that I like, by the way, and then I'll give you the one over 10K that I like. And I'm going to start with Mr. Justin Rose at 9900 I love him this week. Now, you look at his his Open history, he's made the last five straight cuts. His worst finish was two years ago where he was T-54, but other than that, he was second in 2018, 22nd in 16, T-4, T-6 in 15, and then had a top 25 in 2014. So, obviously, he has always played the Open Championship pretty good. And then we saw him back at the U.S. Open. We saw what he did there, you know, finishing third. It could have been much better. He just did not have a good Sunday and just putted his arse off. He played really well as far as his putting and scrambled well. It was, it, I mean, if you watched him that entire tournament, he was just getting up and down from all over the place and then making putts. So I like Justin Rose at 9,900. I think he is going to be a very good play this week. Uh, and then next, Xander Shafley at 9,500. Another guy tied with Justin Rose in the U.S. Open. He was T3. You look at his um, two times that he's played in the British Open. Oh wait, uh, uh, sorry, Open Championship. T uh, twenty in two thousand seventeen and T two last year in two thousand and eighteen. A guy who is just an absolute stud. I just love him. Ball striking, checks a the box there. Bogey avoidance. Another guy that just doesn't really seem to get himself in a whole lot of trouble. Um, checks a box in greens mm-hmm. in regulation. So, I like Xander Schauffele at 9,500. And then, I'm going, I just cannot, I can't, I can't quit it. I'm going with Rory McIlroy at the very top at eleven six. Yes. Yes. The kid Whoa. from Northern Ireland who has the course record of 61 at no. Royal Portrush. I am going with Rory this week in GPPs. I love him. Now, he's, che- he's going to check all the boxes, so that doesn't really matter. We're not going to count stats. But, You talked about British Open – sorry, Open Championship history. God, why do I keep wanting to say British Open? I never even call it that. Um, You're from Georgia. He's got – let's talk about his last four appearances. Now, he skipped in 2015 because that was, if you remember, he had (laughs) the soccer injury. T2 last year, T4 in 17, T5 in 2016. Won it in 2014, as I mentioned. Look, I have a hard time getting off of Rory this week. I know he's got pressure, but I think he thrives under that pressure. He's won it. He's won an Irish Open. That's twice now for you saying that. I think you're over your limit there. Just like you're probably going to be over your Tito's limit here in a little bit. Um, and, and then you look at his form. I mean, he won the RBC Canadian just a few weeks ago. He's 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 won the the Players Championship this year. He's got he was top ten at the U.S. Open. I mean, there's everything's going for Roy. The only thing you can say, the only reason you could probably say for not taking him is you think he's just going to just just fold to the pressure which might happen to me by the way in a little bit there's a little twinge in the back and if I happen to fall to the ground I'll I'll pick myself up and I'll be fine and maybe Rory's making my back hurt even more but I'm just telling you I think he's going to be a great play I wonder what his ownership's going to be I feel like you have an idea of what you think that the ownership's going to be he may be very high but I think he there is a lot of guys down in that 7k range too and even in the 6k range where you can fit good lineups with Rory in there. So, those are the three GPP plays. By the way, I'm going to add a, the cash play is going to be Cantlay for me. Now I don't think you could play him in tournaments as well, Ooh, but I like Cantlay in nice. cash. He's just so solid this year, especially in majors. Um, you know, so in great form, checks the box and scrambling approach, great ball striker. So I like that. And then the fade's going to be last year's champion, Molinari. Just haven't really seen all that much from him. I mean, as far as you, know, you look at the Travelers a few weeks ago, he was top 60, barely made the cut. He was 16th at the, at the U.S. Open, but just really haven't seen all that much for him. I don't want to pay up for that price at 9400 So Francesco Molinari will be my fade.
0: What's going on, golf addicts? Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We want to remind you, you can head over to fantasynational.com slash TJ and get all of the stats that we access every single week when we're betting on the PGA Tour, playing Daily Fantasy. It's all at fantasynational.com slash TJ. You get 20% off your membership, whether it's weekly, annually, or monthly even. Listen, if you try weekly or monthly and you don't like it, let us know. We'll give you your money back. We'll find a way to get your money back. If you try it weekly for just this week for the Open Championship and you decide you absolutely love it and you upgrade to the annual membership, you still get the 20% off. It's the best stat engine for anything PGA Tour uh, that you can possibly dream of. Customizable stat engine, lineup builders, ownership projections, simulations, all the works. fantasynational.com slash TJ to get your 20% off weekly, monthly, or annual subscriptions. Thanks for listening, and let's continue on with the podcast. Well, speaking of back injuries, normally it's my back that's hurting from carrying the Tour Junkies podcast uh, for the last four years. But I'm, um, uh, you know, I hope you, I hope you can hang on, Pat. I hope you can hang on and survive this podcast. Uh, I'm doing quite well, actually. I, that I was a very good pour that was just had at my house. So I'm just going oh. sit
4: down during your oh. picks.
0: Oh, okay. There he goes. There he goes. Um, <sighs> I'll uh, I'll just take it I'll take it over by myself here. All right, so interesting. I I will actually start near the bottom of this range as well. And I'll add a little suspense. Um, I'm going to start off not only my DFS uh, picks from this range, but also my betting ticket with a thirty to one horse named Tommy. I got some sweet lettuce, Fleetwood. He is my pick here in this range. Uh, incredible, incredible links form. Does Tommy Fleetwood have finished 23rd at the Irish Open just a couple of weeks ago, which you will hear me reference a lot on this podcast. The Irish Open uh, played at Lahinch, very much similar to Royal Portrush, finished 23rd there. We, we know Tommy's got a great Lynx record. Um, I love Tommy Fleetwood at the price that he's at, uh, and at 30-1, to 1, he will also kick off my betting card. Uh, that is as long as short odds i'm sorry as i'm gonna get i'm not gonna bet the top tier guys i don't do that so i'll go tommy fleetwood uh like you i am on justin rose and you know we we say this every time we don't talk about our picks beforehand we do not share our picks we do not share what we're looking at what we're on and uh and and you and i did not plan the justin rose pick but i'm i agree with you on justin rose completely and it's Maybe he goes a little overlooked in DFS. Um, that's where I'm going to play him. I'm not going to bet him because I'm not betting that short. He but, was under 10
4: percent at the U.S. Open. So I, I yeah, understand. maybe
0: he goes. Maybe he goes a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, overlooked. And here's the thing: when it comes to DFS, though, you got to remember, like, in a field this stacked, you're going to have some diluted ownerships because you can't play everybody. Like, no, so there may not be a guy who's super, super chalk. Uh, I'm not really all that concerned about the ownership leverage up here in this range, honestly, when it comes to DFS. I, I prefer get play the guys I want to play, play the guys I believe in, no matter the ownership. That's why, honestly, you mentioned Rory. I don't care about Rory's ownership. I really don't. I, I do think he's going to be one of the most talked about players this week for all the reasons you mentioned, but I don't care. If you wanna play him, I think you play him. I think in this nine cane above range, there's enough studs here that are gonna eat up some ownership. I don't see anybody getting over that 25 to 30% range. So for that reason, play him all you want and make up in other areas, uh, you know, in your lineup construction. Um, but for my final pick in this range, I'm not going Rory. I'm gonna go with John Rahm, who who may be more popular than Rory. But I think it's really tough to argue the price that you get John Rahm at uh, the in the in the 10k range. Um, the recent win at Lahinch, the golf course I just mentioned for the Irish Open, uh, in majors in 2019, John Rahm has gained about two and a half strokes per round in majors in 2019. He's showing up, and you know. Now that you've got guys like Terrell Hatton straight up rocketing golf clubs into bushes when he's pissed, <laughs> uh, it 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 really makes you appreciate just how far John Rahm has come. And I feel like he's matured this year. I feel like our boy Adam Hayes, who we've had on the podcast, his caddy, who has 20 years of PGA Tour caddying experience, um, has has helped John a little bit. Uh, I think John has. Heard enough of his temper, of his attitude, of the hot Spaniard narrative that he gets all the time. I think he's had enough, and I think he's ready to prove it. And I think he can win uh, this this on this golf course um, for Royal Portrush. So uh, I'm all in on on John Rahm. I think this is a an interesting spot for him. He played in 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, no, he didn't. That's the wrong guy. I I just coming off the win at Lahinch, I love it. So I'm going Rahm, Rose, and Fleetwood. And I'm gonna play John Rahm in cash. I think there are plenty of guys in the 7K range that we'll talk through that I think can help you have a very nice cash lineup with John Rahm in it. And I, I, I think it I think it just fits. My fade in this range is gonna be Dustin Johnson. I'm not seeing the um, I'm not seeing the the form out of DJ. Like not DJ form. You know what I mean? Like the form's not terrible, but it's not DJ Pay up for DJ kind of form, um, and I just don't know that this course or even the Open Championship, despite a few good finishes out of him, is best. You know, it's 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 you you talked about it in the course breakdown. It's a thinking man's golf course, right? It's uh, you have options. You're presented with options around these greens. You're presented with options around these tees. Uh, I'm just not convinced it's the right spot for DJ. So uh, in terms of a flat-out fade, I'll go DJ. But I also want to say bonus fade to Bryson DeChambeau. Now uh, I know we do, some will we do that, some some will say some will say. Now David, it, you just said it was a thinking man's course. Why would you fade Bryson DeChambeau? Well, uh, I don't think that I, I think there's such thing as overthinking this this thing, and I think Bryson could be guilty of that. He's also 23rd in this field. I looked at strokes gained in the majors so far in 2019. He's 23rd in this field in strokes gained uh, in major championships in 2019. I know the form has been good lately, but he's playing a much different golf course right now, and he's playing a big boy field. Uh, I'm not interested in Bryson whatsoever uh, for, well, for any
4: if you do play Bryson, you may want to make sure that he's got his full team with him this week, including his psychologist, because last year at this championship, he almost had a nervous breakdown on the driving range. So let's let's check that mm-hmm. out. If you're if you're going to be a big Bryson fan and play him this week, make sure he's got the entire team, because because one of the guys got left behind over in the states uh, last year. So just be be clear of that
0: are you are you betting any of these guys in the 9k and above range i mean we're referencing 9k for draftkings purposes but are there any guys in here in terms of odds that you're betting on that you're going to start Actually, your outright tickets on? so
4: so look you know and here's the thing too and, and and right or wrong sometimes i like to bet guys that i don't think i'm going to be on when it comes to my draftkings lineups and one of those guys is going to be justin thomas who's at that 9100 price range but i like him at 33 to 1. Um, I think that's a good price for JT. Uh, now, look, I know he's struggled a little bit this year and, um, you know, is actually not doesn't have the greatest, you know, open record when it comes to this championship. Um, but I, I just I, I think I like, I, that number really just jumps out. It's, it's really just that number. When you can get a a JT over 30-1, to I feel like it's worth a shot, a little small play on him, and I'm probably not going to have him in my DraftKings lineups. And he did okay uh, last week at the Scottish Open. He did not – didn't have a a bad outing. Um, I think he had a top 20 maybe, top 15, something like that. So, um, had a few good rounds and was up there at some point. So, I I like JT in here. Other than that, though, I really don't – I don't have – any bets really in, in this in this range? Um, several 8k, but not in this range. Um, yeah, and I think
0: the 9100 price tag on DK for JT is attractive, but you can't play them all. You got to plant your flag somewhere, and I think he's going to be popular there at that range. Um, you know, in the event the wind really picks up, I may prefer a, a guy who hits the ball a little lower than JT. Um, I mean, obviously, he's played well at the Ope, at the U.S. Open, which can sometimes be a little, a little windy, but uh, Open Championship record. He's a highball hitter, so I, I don't know. I think, again, you got to plant your flag. You can't play them all. I don't hate JT. I definitely dislike DJ and Bryson more than I dislike Justin Thomas, but uh, interesting. All right, let's get to the 8K range. This is a really tough spot. Um, I, I, had to, I definitely had some decisions to make, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners will as well. Um, I'll get it started. I am having a very difficult time, and I haven't been on him a lot this year. I think you have, but I don't think I have. And that's Adam Scott. Um, I mean, you can't argue with the record, uh, it's really tough to argue with that. The form has been solid, the ball striking, a guy who hits it on the titties every single time in the middle of the club face. So to me, he's kind of weatherproof, you know. Whether the if the weather is great, he's a great play. If the weather is shit, he's a great play. Um, I love it. And and I looked at those those three years that I mentioned where Harry Colt was the the course designer uh, for for Liverpool, Merefield, and Royal Litham. He finished five. Uh, he finished fifth in 2014, third and second in 2012. It, so. Three straight, three top fives on Harry Colt designs. Um, and, in fact, our boy Darren Clark, very interesting guy, Ryder Cup captain, former Open Championship winner, very familiar with Royal Portrush, said today that he has played a couple of practice rounds with Adam Scott. And, Pat, do you know what he said about about our boy Adam Scott today?
4: Uh from what I, I think I saw the same thing. He just talked about, he hit it beautifully, I believe, is what he said.
0: So, it's he he gave a quote that I thought was interesting. So, he was definitely praising Adam Scott. He was asked about Adam in the press conference because the press knew he was playing with him. And he said uh, that he was very imperious, which yeah, I wish true. I was intelligent enough yes. to have uh, have come up with that. Imperious, and so I had to look it up. Uh, it means assuming power or authority, arrogant and domineering. Well, give me a sexy, domineering, imperious Adam Scott at Hell Royal yeah. Portrush, and I will take that bet to the bank. Uh, so I'm going to play Adam Scott. He's also at 33 to one on my bookie. I'm going to go with Adam Scott at 33 to one. Then I'm going to drop down to a guy that I got to keep riding because you know what, man? If I get off of him now and he wins, I'm going to be really pissed, and that is Hideki. Um, (laughs) the, The Open Championship record is okay. It's not amazing, but it's okay. The form, however, is incredible. The ball striking, the ability to hit the ball square, to do anything he's got to do is incredible. Those, those years where I said the Harry Colt designs came into play, finished 39th in 2014, not great, but finished 6th in 2013 at Mirfield, another Harry Colt design. He's at 40-1 to 1 on the betting odds, which I absolutely love. I love this range. This this range, I'm going to bet every single player that I mentioned in this range because I really like this range, and if you look historically over the last 10 years or so, you get a lot of winners coming out of this range. Uh, But Hideki, I think, is going to be a little bit lower owned than maybe a Matt Kucher who's in this field in terms of DraftKings and GPP ownership. So I'm I'm going with Hideki. And then, uh, yeah, those are my two. I'm going to go with Stinson in cash. Listen, I'm saying Stinson in cash, but you can absolutely play him in tournaments in in terms of DraftKings. I think Stinson is a brilliant play here. Our buddy John Tillery, if you're listening to the podcast, mentioned – how imperative driving accuracy was going to be on this golf course, and there is hardly one better uh, in the 8K and above range than Hendrick Stenson in terms of hitting fairways when he needs to. He's obviously a pass-open champion. Uh, I think Stenson is as much a lock as anybody, and he's at 30-1 to 1 as well. I'll, I'll bet him, along with Tommy Fleetwood, at the shortest odds. Um, I love Hendrick Stenson in any format. I'll play him. I just do believe he will be rather popular if you're playing tournaments and you're looking for a pivot uh, or you want to fade a guy in, with potentially high ownership, I think Stenson's going to be pretty high. So maybe roll with him in cash or bet him outright if you want your Stenson exposure. So that's what I'm doing there. And then in terms of a fade, I'm going Gary Woodland, coming off the U.S. Open victory. Uh, not that I don't think this is a good fit for him, T to green. Here's what I don't think. I don't think it's a great fit for him in terms of scrambling. You talked about how these greens were, it's difficult. Um, I don't know that we've seen the the short game from Gary uh, and the creativity from Gary uh, around the greens. So I, I think Gary's a fade for me, um, and the open the open record isn't good either. So uh, that's a pass, and that'll be my fade in the AK range. Take okay. it away, Pat, while I sip on more Tito's.
4: Ah. Uh. I'm jealous. A lot of agreement here because Adam Scott was one of my favorite plays here as a GPP play. I love him for all the reasons that you said, and I think he's just a great play this week. I mean, you just look at his history here, everything else. He is, um, he is one of my favorite guys, so definitely with you on him. And then... Um, <laughs> You know, I have Stinson as my GPP play. I do agree you could play him in cash, um, but I, I love him for GPPs. I do think his ownership could be high, but but whatever. So, I'm with you there. And then I'm kind of surprised you didn't go with this guy. Maybe it's just because you've hated him all year, but that's Matt, Matt Kuchar, Kuchar at 8,700. Look, I don't care. You can hate him all you want. The guy has a pretty good track record here. When you're looking at the last two years, top ten last year, second place in 2017, There's you, you can't – you cannot go against his form this year. It has been absolutely incredible. He's checking boxes as well. The price is good at 8700 So I think for cash, Cooch is a guy you can just lock in there and feel comfortable. You may hate yourself. You may want to throw up in your mouth because you just cannot stand to have him in your lineups. But I don't care. I just think he's just he's just that solid of a player that you can lock him in and just not have to be too concerned about him. You know, look, he's another guy. He can be cerebral around the course. He's a smart player. He, he He's Definitely got experience. He knows what he's doing. So I like some Cooch at 8,700. As far as my fade, though, it's going to be Paul Casey at 8,300. So I'm going to get a little bold there. I know he is definitely a box checker. I mean, you look at at driving accuracy, he checks the box there. You know, he checks the box and strokes gain approach. The only thing that's a little bit concerning, he's not really a great scrambler. And so that could be uh, something that. It'll have to be
0: when you freaking pepper the hell out of a green.
4: That is true. But it makes you wonder too, my next thing that I will say about him does not have a very good track record at all. He does in doesn't. championships. You're right. And you know, he was T fifty one last year. Best finish, by the way, in the last five years was in two thousand seventeen where he was T eleven, missed a cut before that, you know, seventy fourth and fifteen. You know, it just just doesn't really have a great record here. And everybody likes to play some Paul Casey. Look, I love him. I especially love him in, in regular tour events. But I think in a major championship I just don't know if, if, especially like this one, I don't. I just don't see him really, um, you know, giving you that winning lineup this week. So Paul Casey is going to be my bold fade here in that 8K yeah. range, and I'm with you by the way. I love this range. I, I mean, I almost think you could. It's a really like you solid said. range. It's very solid. It's very tough to peg. You know, I could have, by the way, I could have said Jordan Spieth was going to be my fade, but I think that would just be the easiest call ever. I and mean, that's not. You don't have any balls if that's going to be your fade. So, anyway,
0: there you go. I mean, I while we're here, I think we need to we need to camp here for a second. When JT, when John Tillery said, "Hey, anybody who's been whiffing with the driver lately, you need to avoid," I immediately thought Jay, of Jordan's teeth. Jordan's teeth. Um, he, he didn't yeah, want to say uh, it, but but I was off of him anyway. Um, I mean, obviously the scrambling and the short game is is something that's interesting to me, but I think I'd be off of him. The 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 I do think I want to address Matt Kuchar because I know you said I'm just against him because I hate him. I I actually really like here. He was my fourth selection in this in this range. Um, I'm okay with playing Kuchar again. This comes down to this comes down to you can't play them all. I, I love Paul Casey. I, I I find it difficult to fade Paul Casey, but if I'm going to plant my flag, I feel better about Scott and Hideki in terms of both the same upside and maybe Hideki a little bit lower owned. Um, So it's just a matter of preference. I I do think there's not a whole lot of guys in here other than really Jordan Spieth that I think are are all that easy to fade. So I get it. I'm with you. Uh, Let's move to the 7K range. Um, Pat, this is a tough one, man, as it is every week. I'm going to let you start.
4: All right, so... My, my wife, by the way, just texted me. She was like, you aren't drinking, are you?
0: <laughs> no, honey, I'm on Percocet. I'm on Painkiller. Uh, I can't operate eliminate. a motorized vehicle right now. But, yes,
4: yeah. I'm not I'm not drinking, honey. If you're watching live, I promise you, I'm not. Um, anyway, okay, so off to the 7K range. Uh, there's several guys in here that I like, and I'm going to start with our Take boy. Take that back. Brett.
0: Hang on. What? I want to interrupt this podcast to say I will fade Matt Wallace this week. I think Matt Wallace. I said there's... I said there's there's Jordan speed to fade in the 8K range. I think you fade Matt Wallace in the 8K range, and obviously I said Gary Woodland, but I think Matt Wallace is uh, overrated here, um, and I'm just not confident in Matt Wallace. Anyway, now you okay. now you can proceed.
4: All right, um, so I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Webb Simpson. I like him this week at 7600. Think he's a Weber. Good yeah, I like Weber. Uh, you know, I think this is you know we saw him last year now i know it's not the exact same course but when we went to the Ryder cup and just that that course to me you know is one of those that you just got to be smart around it's a, it's extremely tough a lot of slope around the greens got to hit fairways things like that webb was just solid as they came over That's there true. and and so i really like him this week and you know what he when you look at his 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 history here the open he's made his last four cuts he was top 15 last year um T37 in 2017, two top 40s the last two years before that. 7600 for a guy that is just as solid as they come out here. You look at you know the stats for Webb, um, you know checking the box always, always off the tee as far as driving accuracy. He's top 10 in the field. He's 17th around the green. He's 36 in strokes gained approach. Double avoidance, double bogey avoidance, and bogey avoidance. He is top ten in the field in both of those. I think he's just another solid play, a guy that's just not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. A smart player, has a very experienced caddy in Paul Tassori that is going to put him in the right spots off the tee. He's going to do his research on this course. So I think Webb is is a really good play there at 7,600. And then just above him, Eddie Pepperell, another guy at 7,600. I like like him as a tournament play. He was T-6 last year. He's twelfth in the field and scrambling. Not if you look at European stats, actually, for that one. I'm pulling out a Eurostat because he, he plays a lot of his, his his tournaments out there on the Euro um, Euro Tour. So I do like that for for old Eddie Pep. And you know he's been in, he's been in pretty good recent form. So I like him at 7,600. And I'm going to throw out another guy. I cannot believe that I'm about to mention this guy's name. I, I cannot believe it is going to come out of my mouth. That is Patrick Reed at 72.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh.
4: Now, look, he's got mixed results here at the Open. He missed the cut in 17, missed it when Rory won in 2014, but a top 20 in 15, T12 in 2016, and then a top, it was T28 last year. He's been solid, and his form is coming around. The guy's coming around. He's, you know, he's not. He's not winning tournaments or anything, but you look at his last four events. He was 23rd last week at the 3M, top five at the Rocket Mortgage, T30 at the Travelers, T32. At the U.S. Open, by the way, after he just absolutely almost just completely trunk slammed on that last hole. I think Patrick Reed is just a a kind of a sneaky good GPP play. Nobody wants to play him, but he has been fairly solid lately. So, I, I'm just getting risky there. There's a lot of guys, by the way, that I could go with here, but I, I kind of just wanted I wanted to. I was feeling frisky with some read. Um, so, there you go. I like him in GPP's cash, Here's by the way. way. It's, it's going to be Webb. It's going to be Webb there. Okay. Two fades mm-hmm. here. All right. One is going to be Sergio Garcia. Just don't like him this week. You know, he's 80th in the field in driving accuracy. Um, not checking the box. He's 80th and scrambling. He's got kind of a, a mixed history here at the Open. I say mixed. He did have a, a good run for several years um, back 14 through 16. Missed the cut last year, T37 in 2017. But he just really hasn't re- done all that much lately. Hasn't been playing that great. I don't like Sergio this week. <laughs> By the way, the other fade is Wiesberger. I you know, I, don't, I don't care that he won last week. Whatever. Yeah, I, just don't, I yeah. just don't care. I think if you're gonna, you don't care. You know, I do not care. Seventy-six. Forget of US you, burned. Open. Screw you, burn. I'm not a fan of Burn Weisberger. I think a lot of people put way too much, by the way, into the Scottish. I mean, I do like to see the form, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just not think, a think fan of Burn this week. Um, there's a, you there's don't feel the burned? Not feeling the burn. Um, there's a lot of guys in this range though that I do like. There it's, are. It's it, it, It's it's really tough when you gotta you know plant your flag on just three GPPs of cash and two fades. It could change so much in the next two or three days. But uh, yeah. That's what I got for you, Dave. Hey,
0: I wanted to say this too, by the way. I I've, I I may try a, do a couple things this week. I may try and do a late Wednesday. Like live periscope or YouTube, so just be on the lookout for that. Any last we do, like a
4: combo one of those? There's not a way we can do that, yeah. Let's do,
0: yeah, we could just do this again. And then I also feel like I may get up early on Saturday morning and do like a a watch party. I I think I might, I don't know, I, I may or may not. So just follow on Twitter and Instagram at tour underscore junkies to find out. Okay. I'll um, be doing I that. Thought, but, now, good luck. I with thought that. it was you, you. should have seen the YouTube comments coming in live when you picked uh, Patrick Reed. Were there, was there, one I'm sure favorites. there was a
4: how many Percocets of Pat taking? Yeah, yeah. One of my <laughs>
0: favorites from Kevin was uh, that's the drugs talking, Pat. That's the drugs <laughs> talking. Uh, here's here's uh, here's a deal. You're right about the 7K range on DraftKings as it pertains to DFS. This is where there's a lot of good value. Again, plant your flags, make a stand. You can't play them all, even in the 7K range. So, commit to a player pool in terms of tournaments on DFS. There are plenty of guys in here that I like, um, and but I'm going to try to give you I'm going to try to give you a few that, that we're going to nail down. Uh, I'm going to start with Ian Poulter at 75 to one on the betting odds, and uh, in that upper 7 7K range on DK. Uh, In those three tournaments that Harry Colt designed in 2014, 2013, and 2012, Ian Poulter finished third in 2013 at Muirfield and ninth at Royal Litham in 2012. And then he just played the Scottish and the Irish in preparation for this event. Finished 41st at Lahinch at the Irish Open two weeks ago, but finished 14th this past week uh, for the Scottish. Um, The form coming in for Poulter is great. He's a fantastic scrambler. Pretty decent open record. I love him at 75-1, to and I'll play him in DFS no matter the ownership. And then I'm going to skip one. I'm going to skip a guy. I'm going to save him for the end. Uh, In terms of a lower, cheaper GPP kind of tournament option on DraftKings, but also a guy that I'm probably going to bet in the lower 7K range, I'm going to give you Mr. Andy Sullivan at $7,000. Sullivan, with uh, a, not a bad Open Championship record, finished 28th last week at the Scottish and finished runner-up at the Irish to Mr. John Rahm just two weeks ago at Lahinch. So Sullivan's rounding into form. He's already played the Open Championship a few times and played well. Uh, decent Lynx player, and at $7,000, I feel like that's a, a tournament play that can get you... Um, Can get you some a top ten, you know, top ten upside, Uh, and I'm I'm actually not, I'm not going to bet him outright. So I think I'll probably have most of my exposure to him in terms of a GPP tournament play. But then in terms of my last play, uh, my last play is both my tournament, my my final tournament play for DFS. It is uh, my cash play, and I will be betting this player as well um, at ninety to one. And that is Mr. Patrick Reed. <laughs> oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, cr- oh cr- <laughs> yes, sir. Mr. Patrick Reed, oh. I had already written down. He is, uh, you know, I feel like maybe I'm on the Percocet with Pat. But here's the thing. He's at 90 to 1, 90 to major champion, 90 to 1. Handles European ass, okay. I have witnessed it in person. Um, my wife just texted me. By the way, are you occurring right now? <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is which is which so is totally B. different. Oh, God. yes. Um, so uh, he handles the euros, man. Let me tell you what If they like, oh man, like I just feel like Reed approaches this event like it's a Ryder Cup. I just feel like he wants to get there and be the villain. He wants to be booed. He wants to be spit on. He wants to be, you know, called name. He wants it all. And there is nothing he would want more than to win in the face of these Euros and tell them to lick it. And I think the value is there. On DraftKings, on in on the betting odds, you mentioned his form. Um You talk about scrambling. You talk about a guy who can avoid big numbers, who can avoid bogeys. You talk about the scrambling, there's Reed. My only concern for him is off the tee and making sure that he hits his fairways. But if he can do that, I think this is a very interesting spot for Patrick Reed. We'll see what our friends at Fanshare Sports say in terms of his ownership. I think that's going to be an interesting one to look at because uh, I think ownership in tournaments for Reed could go – could go. There's so many options in this range. Like, I could see him being like five percent. I don't think he's going to creep over ten, but we'll see. Um, speaking of FanShare Sports, he was, he to was three and a
4: half, by the way, at the U.S. Open. Another course where people probably wouldn't. three and a half at the
0: U.S. Open. Yeah. He, he's he's. If you go to FanshareSports.com, you can sign up. Use promo code Tour Get your twenty percent off. Um, your promo code there, uh, Tour Junkies. It's a twenty percent off a weekly, monthly, or annual subscription at FanShare. They do all of the research in terms of who's getting talked up, who's not. If you're playing tournaments on DraftKings, FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, whatever, they're gonna tell you who's getting talked up, who's not. They're gonna tell you if Patrick Reed is getting any love from anyone outside of myself and Pat, who are obviously on drugs. So um, <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Uh, I, he is now. If you remember, I said he's also my cash play. I believe in him so much on this golf course, I am willing to play him in cash. Wow. I'm I'm in it.
4: That is, yeah, you're even more in it in, in it than I am. I I, I like it. You know, and, and by the way, you know, going back to Sullivan, he was. You know, I kind of usually like to write write down a fourth and a fifth GPP play, and Sullivan was my fourth guy, and my other one was Eric Van Royen. I like him <laughs> as well. Another guy. <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm getting sorry. Good comments, but I'm
0: getting I'm getting a great comment on YouTube right now live from your brother, your twin brother who you shared a sack with. You were in the sack together with your twin brother. He says, "Just when you think you've seen it all with the TJs, DB and Pat start." Oh, ring! Uh, he says, "I'm starting to question whether or not Pat and I were truly a split egg." <laughs>
4: well, also, you can... If he he's also, watching, obviously I was not a <laughs> I think that was just you, <laughs> except for I just did it, I guess. But I was I just went boom or something. But so. uh,
0: also shout out to Chris who uh, changed his his Twitter handle a while back to Directv Perry, which is my name for him. As you are Cable Perry, um, you guys are twins. I'm referencing him in the commercials. Shout out to Chris who said that people are tweeting him pissed off at their direct tv provider on <laughs> and so he's he's committed to uh to comment and, and tag us in those so we can comment on those but anyway you were, you were also saying you like eric van Rooyen, a few other guys here in the 7k range uh,
4: yeah i was just well. i was agreeing with you on sullivan he was another guy i wrote down and, and, and eric van ruyan was my bonus play another guy just been in very good solid form uh on tour he had that top 10 finish at the pga championship Made the cut at the U.S. Open. He did finish just uh, last week, top four. He was 14th in the Scottish Open. Checks the box and and driving accuracy, uh, great ball striker. So I do like him as well. So just just another uh, little shout out there. I,
0: by the way, I meant to tell you, I like the Eddie Pepperell decision that you had there. I, I think that's a good call. Maybe I'll do it. You know what? Maybe I'll do an article. Maybe I won't. So don't commit to me. Don't, don't Don't commit me to this Um, maybe I'll do an article later this week that's that's all the guys I didn't mention that I kind of like because like EVR would have been there for me this
4: is the kind of guys I'm not sure but I'm kind of like I'm sorry
0: the guys I kind of I kind of like that I didn't mention that's what I meant (laughs) anyway like Pepper will be in there EVR will be in there anyway I might do that on tourjunkies.com or I may not depends on you all right uh, Pat, is that everything in this? Oh, we, we didn't get to fades. We didn't get to our fades. I am going to fade. We got two fades here. I'm going to fade Phil um, because he, he went on a fast, and now he says he's healed. Um, listen, again, if, you, if you're listening to the audio version of this, you know that John Tillery talked about driving accuracy. Um, that is not Phil's forte. Uh, he is an open champion. However, um, I'm not buying the form here. I'm just not doing it. I'm also fading Tony Finau. I mentioned in the top of the show, I care about form. I care about Link's form. I care about open record. Uh, his open championship record is not terrible, but his form currently is not good. And I also, I'm not crazy about the short game ability of Tony Finau at, at this event. you got to be able to get up and down from interesting spots. Uh, he can't do that on the PGA Tour when everything's like, <laughs> you know, fly it as far as you can in the hole and then make an eight-footer for par. Like, he can't do that. So... I'm not really banking on him to do a bump and run or whatever. So I'm out on those two. You?
4: I already gave mine. You, you heard me. in and uh, Sergio okay, good. Garcia. Oh, yeah. So for that, that like you have 15. to start the 6K range. Since I that was like
0: 15 minutes ago. I don't remember that at all. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to only give two plays here on the podcast. However, I've got maybe two or three more that I might consider in DFS – that I might write up in that article, I said that I might do, but the mice. two plays, yeah, the two plays that I feel the best about in the 6K um, are. Hang on, let me let me let me pull them up. All right, at 6,800 dollars fresh into the field, and a, a guy who, if you're a longtime tour junkies listener, you you may recall he was in he was in an interview that we did and that is Mr. Andrew Beef Johnston, who just got in after a fourth-place finish at the Scottish Open with four rounds in the 60s, including a Sunday 62, okay? Sunday 62. Now, I also want to let you know that Beef has quite the Lynx chops, as well as Open Championship record, although it's a, uh, it's only like two Open Championships. He's done quite well in both. He's got a good history at the Alfred Dunhill in the past. Uh, the form has been a little spotty, but um, Beef has has talked about his mental struggles, but that he's kind of turned a corner. Uh, on the European tour this year, he's made 7 of 11 cuts with two top 10s. I just love the fact that Beef just finished fourth with a 62 on Sunday. at $6,800 on DK. I think that's interesting. He's also a bet on mybookie.ag. He is twenty to one for a top ten. Uh, in turn, he's actually the only top ten bet that I like the odds long enough to get uh, to put a little a unit on. So I'm going to go beef uh, at twenty to one, six thousand eight hundred on DraftKings. I love that number for him. Love the links chops on our boy beef. And if you haven't go way back, like three years back, and listen to our interview with beef. Uh, he was a phenomenal interview. Fantastic human being. Uh, And then finally, in the 6K range, I'm going to go with Ryan Palmer at $6,500. You know, when I I saw Ryan Palmer at 6,500, I'm like, damn, like, he's in pretty good form. Uh, 18th at the John Deere this past week, uh, 6th at the Charles Schwab a couple weeks ago. He's not in bad form. Surely his open record must suck. Well, actually, it doesn't. His open record is not that bad, he hasn't played it in three years. Um, but when he did play it, uh, he actually played on on another course here that Harry Colt designed, made the cut, did okay. I think Ryan Palmer's interesting. It's 6,500. I'm not going to bet him. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's got top ten upside. So in terms of DFS, if you're playing in a big contest, I think he's got the chops to give you a top ten. That's it. That's it for me.
4: Wow. Okay. Well, you know, I, I like both those guys, actually. I had written down beef, by the way. I of course you do. They're amazing. Love some beef. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go real cheap for you down here. And you got cheap with Palmer, and I'm going to keep it in that, in that theme here. And I'm going to go with Paul Waring. It's 6,600. 6, he has made 9 of 11 cuts on the European Tour this year. He's got three top 10s, five top 25s. He made the cut at the Scottish Open last week, but was seventh at the Irish Open just a couple weeks ago when John Rahm won at Lahinch on, um, on a link style course. So I like some Paul Waring there, by the way. Um, and he's, he's, when you look at stats, he's a good ball striker, hits a ton of greens. He's fourth in greens in regulation on the European Tour. So I like some Paul Waring. And then I'm going really, really cheap, really cheap. I had a little help from our boy Ash, who writes our uh, writes the. What great... you were
0: texting Ash on the side?
4: Uh, this was actually last week. We were talking about something else. It was a pool that I did do, and it was the very cheap, the cheapest column. Really, all no names, but he gave me column Shinkwin. Yes, column Shenquin. He loved him. He's at 6,200. He's another guy that has been. Very solid on the European Tour this week. He's made seven of eleven uh, cuts. He's got a couple top tens. He was top ten at the BMW just a couple weeks ago. So kind of a, a, a guy that just a very cheap play. If you wanna, you wanna have somebody that uh, you know you wanna take a little bit of flyer on. He, he checks the box, you know. So I like uh, I like some Waring and Shinkwin here. Very bottom, cheap, sixty two hundred. Now don't get crazy. Don't make them like. A core play or anything, but just just a flyer guy to think about um, down at the very bottom. And there you go. Um,
0: I call foul on communicating with Ash without my knowledge. Um,
4: I'm not allowed to do that. By the way,
0: you're gonna want to check out Ash Morrison, our resident Euro, and all that he does. He's freaking amazing. He's I actually cool. had Paul Waring written down. He was one of those that would have made my article that I didn't talk about kind of guys. So I had that down. Um, played played well, um, as you mentioned, at Is the Irish. Irish just yes. a couple weeks ago. Oh, crrr! Um, yeah, uh, Can you guys hear me farting on YouTube? Is that picking up? I keep, I keep letting them rip right here on the seat, and I feel like it's echoing. Is it not, Pat? We're almost done with the podcast. You've done way better than I thought. Are you? Are you going to make it? You good? I'm good. All right. Yep. Um, I don't give a rip about one and done. But if you were gonna have one and done, who would your one and done be right now? Karidi. Well, it's Karate. Karate's on. What were you going to do?
4: It, it, I was trying to choose between two guys, um, and, and I think that. Yep. I think I'm going to go with him because I think everybody's already taken them. Because I, it was between Kepka and Xander. Uh, I'm going to go with Kepka because I still have them. I was looking through my, my pool, and I Damn. cannot believe that I still had Kepka. So since I have them, I feel like I have to use them. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Brooks Thoughts? this week.
0: You know, we've had a lot of people YouTubing all about, about Kepka. His boy Ricky Elliott grew up in the area, grew up playing the golf course, got a little extra special knowledge. Like, Brooks really needs that um we had his girlfriend's boob exposed just a couple of hours ago we've all seen her nipples now um are you uh, i mean i'm fading brooks up top just price value all that just fading that i'm not messing with that john roms as high as i'm going i'm assuming you're doing the same thing so you're going you're going uh you're gonna roll with him in one and done i like that move if you have him available sure go ahead um i'm gonna go with henrik stenson i don't have him available uh, I'm going to go with them.
4: Or you do have them so available. There you go. So, there you said I, I mean, I do have them, have them available. available.
0: Okay. I mean, I do. Okay, uh, the chunk and run is going to be great. First of all, we're about to tell you – I'm going to go ahead and tell the people what the questions are. We are going to – so, this question was sent in by a listener. It was, if you were to draft a football team of four PGA Tour players and – their skill sets to, to, to be the foundation of your NFL team, who would you draft and why? That's the chunk question. Now the run question is if your co-host, so I'm going to talk about Pat, and he's going to talk about me, and it says if your co-host were a prescription medication, what would the name of the drug be, and what would it cure, and what would the side effects be? I'm excited for that. All right, so let's get to the first one, the chunk question, which comes to us from a listener that I... Um, what's his name? Uh,
4: Kevin... Kev- Kevin Boehl.
0: I think he's supposed Kevin to pronounce Bo, it. Kevin Bo, Bo, Bo Bo, Boehl. B-O-E-H-L. I, I
4: think the H is silent.
0: Bow Bowl?
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's stupid. Why would your H be silent? Just
4: If you're going to put it in there, you might, as well, you might as well have people pronounce it, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, but thanks for sending in a chunk and run question. Kevin, we would we would ask that more of you send in a chunk-and-run question for us. And so, again, his question is, if you, were, if you were the coach of a football team that had to build around four key positions, the NFL is about to get kicked back up, you know, training camp starting, the, you know, the draft just happened, all that fun stuff. Uh, who would you pick and why? So, um, Pat, I will let you start. Who are the four players that you would build around and why?
4: The four, so the four positions with their players, correct? So, yep. There was a strong lean to want to go units, like like I wanted to go the whole offensive line unit, but I can't can't really do that. So, I'm going to start. Are we with... are talking about
0: the, penises. Uh, no. Okay. Uh,
4: so I'm going to start with the quarterback. You always got to have a great quarterback. Okay. I mean, that's just that yeah, yeah, is the. Yeah. That is the most important position on the field. Of course. Every good team sure. has a quarterback, okay? What's, yep. What is a quarterback? They're cerebral. they got a good brain. they got a good mind on them. They're a leader. Uh, if tell me, Bryson,
0: I'm going to cut off the podcast. No,
4: no. They are a director on the field, so they direct folks in the right positions, and they are extremely precise for the most part with the ball, okay? So I'm going with Tiger here. I think Tiger's a great leader. We're going to see that at the President's Cup. I think he's very smart. He knows his way around the golf course. And you know what? If we talk about a guy who's precise with his irons, he's one of the number one ball strikers on tour. I mean, proximity, everything. I mean, greens and regulations. So Tiger is going to be my QB. Now, the next position for me, I'm going to kind of flip-flop, and I'm going with defense. And for me, it's defensive tackle. You gotta have a good defensive tackle, a guy who can bring pressure on that quarterback, who's fast, who's big and strong. Doesn't necessarily have to be all that smart, but they gotta be able to get downhill quick and get to the quarterback. Okay? They gotta be a good athlete. For me, that's DJ. So DJ is gonna be my defensive tackle. All right. Next, I'm gonna go back to offense. It's gonna be the center. Okay? I love the offensive line. I think that if I was gonna choose, if I was gonna start any team, it would be with the offensive line. But the a center, center is the leader of that oh. offensive line. They get everybody set. They get them in and the they right. They like spi-
0: hands right up their butthole. They like hands right, right up their no, butthole. No,
4: right, let's just let me talk. They get everybody set. They get them in the right formations. They're looking at the defense. Everything. But they do
0: like hands up their butthole. They
4: gotta be strong and they gotta be a bulldog. They gotta be smart and they gotta be vocal. So I'm going yeah, back like a little old school here. Ernie Els is going to be my pick for the center. <laughs> what? So there you go all right next next the cornerback I think you need to shut down corner okay that guy's gonna take away the biggest threat the biggest threat on the outside and you know what the biggest part about a good cornerback is they're a great shit talker and they're usually somebody who could rub people the wrong way but they're very good on the on the uh, on the field they're one of the best athletes on the field and that for me mainly because of the shit talking standpoint is going to be Kiz. So Kiz is going to be, plus I think he might have a little speed to him. I don't know. I feel like, you know, he's kind of a short, stocky guy because we see that with a lot of your cornerbacks. They're not the tallest guys out there. They got some speed but they can really talk some shit. So my cornerback is going to be Kiz. So there you go. That's the, uh, Uh, that's the
0: chunk. Yeah, I've, I vehemently disagree with Ernie Els. Like, how the hell are you going to draft Ernie Els at this point? Like, I don't understand that. I'm way.
4: not going by age. Um, this is just, this would be. I could have picked, you know, Arnold Palmer in here. I mean, this is just a. It, yeah. Did it have to be a current player? You didn't. No, say that.
0: No, no, no. We're losing. Li- we're losing viewers on YouTube too. Like, if you're not sticking around for the chunk and run every week, God, what are you even doing? Um, all right, I'm going to start. I'll start like you with the QB. Um, you need a guy who's fearless. Okay, you need a guy who's intelligent enough, and you need a guy who's arrogant, who loves himself. Um, you need a guy with a thick base, you know, a thick ass, some thick thighs, right? And you need a throat slitter. I'm going Patrick Reed. All right,
4: Patrick. Wow, I thought Reed you were going to go Bruce Kafka there. I not sounded to so much like you were about to go with your man I don't... crush.
0: I don't even care that Patrick Reed isn't that much liked by anybody on this on his team. You need the throat slitting, thick base mother. I'm gonna get He's this done enough. in the huddle. I'm gonna get it done. He's Drew Brees. Mother- He's just a thicker Drew Brees. Is really all he is. I'm going Patrick Reed to lead the team. He might steal some shit out your locker, but it is what it is. <laughs> you gotta go Patrick Reed. It is what it is. Uh, and then to go with every. Every QB, you gotta have a diva wide receiver. You know, you can't go. I thought about that.
4: I just you gotta have it. a
0: diva wide receiver. You gotta have a guy with some quick twitch muscles. Just some quick twitch. Just quick twitch. Just a little quick twitch muscles. You know, uh, they gotta be pretty. Uh, it helps if they're an SEC guy. So I'm going Billy Ho, Billy Horschel, Florida Gator, <laughs> which I hate. I hate tw- to draft. Yeah, this is this is
4: terrible.
0: I, I hate the draft of Florida Gator, but I got to go Billy Ho. You know, he's as fit as a damn mule. I don't really know that analogy, but he's fit. And he's from Florida. They always had good receivers because Lord knows we burned the crap. They burned the crap out of Georgia for all these years. He's definitely pretty. He's a good-looking dude. So I think Billy Ho fits that. Uh, Now, I did have similar thoughts with you in the Kiz situation. Uh, so I draft this guy as a, a, a corner/slash safety, depending on where where he fits in. Um, but he's not kiss. He's feisty. You know, he's scrappy. He's a he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a trash talker, like you mentioned. I think trash talker is a big deal. He's a locker room guy. You gotta have a locker room guy. You gotta have a guy in the locker room. who's gonna lighten it up. Who's gonna you know. Do some do some, some penis puppets and make everybody laugh, you know, in the showers. He's going to be kind of funny, a little out there. Um, and But I thought of a guy, if you're an NFL fan, named Cortland Finnegan. You remember Cortland Finnegan?
4: <laughs> that guy was Cortland's, so Cortland scrappy, Finnegan, he, he, you wanted to punch him in the face on every extremely
0: time. Crappy, extremely scrappy, and you wanted to hit him. But I'm going to go with Eddie Pepperell for that. I mean, if you follow Eddie Pepperell okay. on Twitter... He's a, he's a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal talker. Great brain. I see him as a fantastic locker room guy. Probably great with the penis puppets. Uh, I think Eddie Pepperell's as good as it gets. Can, I, and can then I? finally, can we
4: pause real quick? I just need to ask. Um, are you sure you were you you when you broke away from me earlier? You took you went to you got Tito's or was it yeah, something else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got lots sure. of Tito's. All right, I'm just making sure.
0: Now finally. I want to base my team on a defensive end, a Von Miller type. You know what I mean? Like a guy who can rush the quarterback, get there fast, with so speed. Uh, I need somebody who is big, who is long. I need a long torso. You know, I need quick hip movement. I need some flexibility. But, and I also need you to be dumb enough to just all I got to tell you is, hey, go get the quarterback. Now, you mentioned DJ. DJ. And I got to be honest, there's a agreement here. My defensive end that I'm drafting is DJ. Because that that dude is dumb enough that, too, he's never going to miss a game. Because he, if you had him in the concussion protocol, you would never know if he had a concussion or not. Because his ass is the same whether he's concussed or he's not concussed. So you get DJ no matter – you're going to get him for 16 games. And – all you gotta do is say, "Hey, DJ, go tackle that dude in the other jersey with the low number on," and he's gonna go get him. And he's not, you know, he may get he may get hit in the head a lot, and you're not gonna know because he's gonna answer you the same concussion questions whether he's concussed or not. So that's my team: DJ, Eddie Pepperell, Patrick Reed, Billy Horsham. I think that's a great team. Okay. Um, all right, I'll start with the prescription drug medication, and we'll wrap this up, Pat. Uh, my my prescription drug is uh, named after you, um, Pat, and it is called. Uh, let me make sure I say this right. <laughs> um, it's called, uh, bum, uh, bumqueef tracks, bumqueef tracks. Bone tracks.
4: <laughs> Good lord.
0: And and it cures a really queefy move at the at the at the golf ball, resulting in really weak and wipy shots that move hard left to right. It's a very queefy move. You get to the top and you just kind of <laughs> at the top and you just kind of queef on it, and it results in a weak ass 220 little left to right bender. Queef tracks can do that side effects may include dry spells high-pitched voices excessive fidgeting poor judgment and anger management problems that is my drug <laughs> named after pat perry it is Bum tracks Uh ask your doctor about it now
4: uh wow okay um well mine's a little different doesn't have anything to do with the golf swing um actually no it does in the side effects it does in the side effects so so this is um, this is. I'm going to give you a little background here. So one of the drugs that's for uh, cholesterol, so reducing cholesterol, is you called, would know. Yeah, it's called <laughs> I, it's called simvastatin, but the the, the uh, that's the generic name, but the actual name is Zocor. So uh, the name of your drug is No Flow Core. What? No Flow Core. No Flow Core. Okay. So kay. what No Flow Core is for is for. Uh, it treats over, overactive creativity. So, you know, you, you have oh, a lot of good crea- yeah. creative ideas, you know, a lot of good ones, but then you get some terrible ideas, like some terrible T-shirt ideas, things like that. I got great you know, T-shirt ideas. But, you know, and, and it also, and sometimes you get a little bit, it, 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 it treats, you know, fashion awareness and, you know, really fashion awareness for normal people. Um, you know, which comes from maybe maybe you might have a, a big ego or something like that, and so your shirt actually is per- perfect, because the side effects of uh, of no flow core are uh, uncontrollable affection for flowery shirts. <laughs> also, high handle and early extension, not to be confused oh, with not to be confused with p- premature ejaculation issues. Um, so I don't want anybody mm-hmm. to uh, be concerned here, but. But yeah, so you know, it's just you know, you're you're smart, you're creative, you know, you're you're true, very driven. True. But sometimes it gets a little overactive. And you know, one of the things about cholesterol medicine, so that's those are good things, right, David? Those are good things, being creative, being smart, being driven, that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you, you you can have a little bit of too much of that. Just like cholesterol can be you have good cholesterol and you have bad cholesterol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes we gotta level it out. We gotta level it all out. And I think that uh, you, you need some of that, so we're gonna get you some no flow core. So, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna kind of reduce the flow. You got got a high high flow in your system, so you just gotta reduce it a little bit. So there you go.
0: Yeah, that's the last thing I want. But thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We do this every week, just not quite as long and not quite as ridiculous. So <laughs> thanks for subscribing. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all that fun stuff, and, uh, yeah, this has been a great, great show. Thank you. See ya. See ya! Out! See ya! Out!